today on the Art Support. Ryan Beal talks about being naked on stage with Charlie Demers ahead of making art noises coming to Club Push. Comedian Caitlin Howden hosts Sad Mag's Valentine's Special. We'll also tell you about live events at the Museum of Anthropology and free tickets to The Little Traitor. So don't be a traitor and stay with us. Hi, you're listening to the Arts Report, and uh, Megan is not impressed with my pun. Are you, I Megan? Was, as puns go, uh, it wasn't really wordplay. It wasn't se. a pun. You didn't. Yeah, I'm not really sure what it was. I just said, "Don't be." The show was called Little Traitor, you and I said, "Don't be a traitor." Same word twice. It's just so there's actually no wordplay there whatsoever. It's just clever. It was barely a joke. It's cleverness. <laughs> Alex, you want to weigh in on this? That's a little mean. I think so. I need to keep Adam in check. I think, I think it's a fair She's warning. Right. All right. Well, you're listening to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM, and we are also streaming on the interweb space at uh, www.citr.ca. That is how you pronounce that. That's the official It is, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of people get it wrong. Uh, my name is Adam Yanish, and uh, in studio with me I have Megan Thomas. Yay! And Anna with one N. Hola. Hi, team. Uh, today we've got some exciting things to talk about. I'm See you excited. later, Alex. Great show. Bye, Alex. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Mantis, Mantis cabinet. College radio, folks. What's in that cabinet? Mantises, apparently. That's the name of the show. Yeah. I wonder how he got that name. I don't know, he probably just chose it and then put it on the sheet when he was <laughs> pitching the show. Mm-hmm. I can make a lot of jokes right now about how you came up with that name, could but I'm you? not going to. Could you, Adam? I don't know. You Please. tried already today. I am legally obligated no. not to make any jokes. Be funny. No. Oh. oh. So, uh, we've got a great show. We've got a great show for you. And uh, I mentioned in the intro that Ryan Beale will talk about being naked on stage with Charlie Demers. And speaking of word wordplay, I want to be clear. He wasn't. He's not talking about being naked with Charlie. He just talks about it in past experiences and past plays that he's done mm-hmm. while Charlie was in the room as well. Oh, okay. That's so, a little disappointing. I know. I'm sorry. Where to bury the lead there, Adam? Oh, I shouldn't have given it away so early. That's yeah. okay. I gave it away on Twitter about 20 minutes ago. I love Ryan Beale. Sunday service. Mm-hmm. He's in Billy Bishop, right? Didn't Billy he Bishop that? goes to war. Um, and he's a, yep. he's a classically trained Bart actor. He went to uh, UBC, actually. Yes. Uh, a graduate. On oh. Sunday service with uh, another person on our show today, Caitlin. Is that right? Yeah, she uh, she started doing Sunday service with them, so it's uh, it's all big one big happy family. Hmm. The arts report. It is. It is. I thought you were going to say the, like the arts community, but but no, we are the God arts community. No. So oh my goodness, no. The two are arts community hates each other, but at the arts report, <laughs> <laughs> we love everyone. You know, I wouldn't say that we that the arts community hates each other, no. but there's a lot of angst. And there's a lot of, like, I, w- I was at um, Club Push the other day, mm-hmm. and there were these these lovely people who came uh, to share the table with me. And, you know, we get chatting, as, as we do, as human beings. And so, eventually came around to talking about what we what we do. What do you do? You know, what's your connection? Well, you can, yeah, you can't connect with someone unless you know what they do for a living. No, but like... That's just a no, 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 hey, before you get started, the reason I asked them was because they seemed really keen. They're like, they're like we're seeing every show. Yeah. Or, no, no, that's like, completely crazy. But they had like a list of ten push shows, and they're like, this is eight. This is number eight out of ten. We've got two more to go. Were they pushers, if you will? Yeah. I did air quotes for that for mm. everyone at home. What would uh, sound quotes be? 
Anyway, so you were at a table, and people were talking. And, and so I asked them, you know, eventually came around to talking about what, what we do, and they were very, very shy, almost to the point where it seemed like a secret. So I was afraid to, like, delve into what... Basically, basically they were like, we're, we're in, the, in the community, as in the arts community. Oh, the arts community, because there's a lot of... <laughs> there's a lot of communities. Yeah. No, no, the arts community. And, and very, and she's just very, she's kind of nodded. She's like, mm-hmm. Kind of like, don't ask questions. What does that even mean? Right? And then so, so I was like, do, do, do you mind if I, do, can I ask you where and, and, and what? Or, and she's like, oh, okay. And then it turns out, like, she, t- she starts telling me about, you know, the, these productions that she's involved in. And I'm like, well, that's great. Because I'd already told them mm-hmm. that, I, that I have a radio show at CITR. And I don't know, but there was this air of like beyond shyness, almost like a like a feeling like a taboo around self promotion. Kind of like I am not allowed to talk about the exciting things that I do with other people, especially if they're possibly in the same like that's industry. That's so funny because I would think I think that's a Vancouver thing. I think it, it must be, and I think also it's interesting that in Vancouver, I mean, self promotion is like for a lot of people the only promotion you're going to get. Like, there's so <laughs> many people out there doing. Uh, ground up type productions, and you know, in, they're in a million different projects, and mm-hmm. there's no no funding, and like no funding. It's willing, all grassroots, and it's all. If you're not willing to talk basement, about yourself, no one's going to talk about you. you. Need, yeah, so this is the really thing, weird. people. So if I can say something to all of you listening out there, is for the love of God, tell other people about the exciting things that you're doing, and don't be ashamed of them. No. Be proud of the exciting and fun, you know, plays or art installations or uh, festivals that you're putting together, because who knows. Maybe that person you're talking to isn't going to be insulted by your <laughs> shamelessness. Yeah, maybe they have a hookup for you. And maybe they have a hookup, or maybe um, they couldn't connect. Maybe it could be mutually beneficial for you to bring it up. Uh, and you know what? There's going to be enough people on, that are going to be hard enough on you as an artist in your entire life. You, you need- shouldn't be one of them. <laughs> At the very least, don't be one of those jerks who's down on your art. Mm-hmm. Um, where were we? We uh, What else are we talking about uh, on today's show? Oh, yes. Uh, the Museum of Anthropology. Nice. Um if you go to their events page, uh, which is uh, moa.ubc.ca slash events, thanks, I remember that, um, you will see a ton of stuff. They're doing so many exciting things like live music. Live music, they're putting on uh, a play, and this is in a museum. So uh, we'll find out, we'll get the scoop from, uh, from them about uh, the exciting things that they're putting on in the month of February in, in particular, because there's a few things coming up in the next few weeks, uh, including a, a play originally written by Colin Thomas. Yes, that's right. The Colin Thomas who writes reviews at the Georgia Straits. Oh, Colin Thomas. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, uh, <laughs> He's doing a play. He is a, uh, an honest <laughs> critic. He's a critic who is open and honest about his opinions, so it's going to be interesting. He, he can be quite harsh. But as far as I know... This I said open and honest. You did, and I'm yeah. just kind of like doing, you know, saying what you were between the lines. Anyway, um, but he's apparently not uh, associated with this production. He wrote the show. Okay. But, so if um, anything bad happens, he can be like, listen, I just put the words down on paper. Yeah. But that's, I think that's good. I think that's also putting, I mean, like for the record, I'm a little bit ignorant about his past. So maybe he has done tons of writing for plays and stuff before. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I know for myself, I, you know, talk about books all the time. Have I written a book? No. I think so you're right. I think it definitely. It's good, it's good practice to delve into the uh, areas that you The areas about. that you talk about. And, and for you. I read books though. You do so, read a lot of freaking books. I can't believe books. how many books you read. This is why you're our books correspondent. Well, yeah, but I'm always very clear to come across as a reader rather than yeah, 
Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I think it, it, if you're a critic, um, it definitely helps if you actually have experience like taking the plunge and putting your own artistic stuff out there for judgment. Um, so yeah, good on him. Uh, so we'll talk about that. And we want to give tickets away to see The Little Traitor, which uh, was a film that came out in 2007 originally, starring Alfred Molina. And it's based on the novel Panther in the Basement by the world-renowned author Amos Oz. So why are we talking about it now, Adam? And it takes place... Oh, we've got, a, we've got a caller. Can we put this person on the air? Do you know how to do that, Anna? Uh, you, you press the top button and then you hit phone. So lift up the phone, lift up, and then turn on that. Turn it up. Hello. Hi, you're calling CITR and you're live on the air. Is there another way to call the office instead of being online? <laughs> How about you just give us the message, and then someone who's listening can pass it on to whoever you're looking for. I would like to speak to somebody at the CTR booth. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in the, we're in the booth, but... Um, Okay. Is there any way you'd also like to get uh, a free pair of tickets to see The Little Traitor? Sure, that sounds great. <laughs> okay. Good tick. Tick that off the list. All right, well, Thank you. Yeah, no, no problem. We'll have Why to get we your details. Why don't you put on hold for a minute? Yeah, we'll, we'll put you on hold and help you get connected with who you're trying to call at the station. Great. And we'll give you a pair of tickets. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. I think... Did that work? Did we... I think she's on hold now. So that's some good radio, Adam. <laughs> radio at its finest. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we answered that phone like that. But anyway, you know why? Because that's an, as an example to anyone listening, if you want to get a free pair of tickets to see The Little Trader, you can just call in any time. And as long as you don't mind going live on air, we will happily give you tickets. Now, um, I was asking, uh, so is this a re-release or what's happening? Oh, sorry, it's 2007. Yeah, so, so. yeah, yeah. So this is, um, is going to be at The Ridge, mm-hmm. and, um, and they're, they're putting it on. As a, oh, as a play? <laughs> as a movie? Why? <laughs> they're doing a screening. Okay, well, we're just doing a screening. We'll just, talk about that. Okay, we're going to talk about it. That's a good question, though. Inquiring That's a good minds want to know. And we'll find out and later on in the show. On inquiring minds, we'll know as well. Um, all right, so should we? I don't know. Get on with the show. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> you know what? We should. We because no. The reason I ask is because um, we could talk about uh, push a little bit. Oh, the push festival! It's push festival time. Yes, that's our official Dance break. push festival theme music. That <laughs> this is the time. This is the time at the Arts Report where we talk push, and then dance, and then and dance. dance. So um, we we uh, some of us at the Arts Report have seen some some push shows from last week, and we would like to to talk about them. But maybe we'll save that for a little bit later in the show. Yeah. Hey, Anna. Yeah. Okay. You really planned this out. Hey, we did, but we're we're we're, fl- we just we're said flexible. That we're going to talk about it. We're flexible. There's no plan. All right, so we better. Uh, we better get on with, with something because this poor woman is still on hold and uh, she probably wants, she's got some emergency that she needs to talk to the station manager about and uh, <laughs> it's going to be bad. You're the, you're the one holding us up here. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Megan, please be quiet as I, as I read this. Stop holding us up. You're reading? Yes. Uh, Ryan Beal 
is a respected young actor in Vancouver and has starred in such productions as As You Like It and Studies in Motion. He's also a member of the witty and hilarious improv troupe The Sunday Service. He's won a Jesse Richardson Award for Best Actor, and yes, Megan, he is that young guy in the A&W commercials, so just get over I it. I bet he loves it when you mention that, mm-hmm. and I bet if you go up to him, you should definitely <laughs> mention that first. <laughs> You should say, aren't you that guy? He loves that. They love that. So now he's teamed up with uh, similarly upwardly mobile comedian and writer Charlie Demers. Yes, he's fantastic. To bring something called Making Art Noises to Club Push tonight. The event combines actors and comedians um, to basically duel. And um, But Ryan Beale's an actor and a comedian. Right, you, so he's are they specially placed. That? He's specially... We talked Ringer. about this in the interview. So it forces both actors and comedians out of their comfort zones mm-hmm. to doing the, the opposite art form um, in a battle of talents. So uh, both of these fine gentlemen came to CITR to speak with me, and uh, we started with a uh, quick and dirty synopsis of Making Art Noises. Mm, quick and dirty. Quiet. Charlie and I are going to explore if there are any differences between legitimate theater and comedy you know your yeah. your comedy so what we're gonna we're gonna get a bunch of comedians and challenge them to do actor theater type things and we're gonna get a bunch of actors and we're gonna challenge them to do stand-up-y improv comedian type things yeah. and see which art form is left standing at the end and uh this almost sounds like a science experiment what's uh what results do you expect I think if, if you had an early hypothesis, mm-hmm. a fun time. <laughs> uh, that's the uh, in in the end. I think uh, we will not likely find any um, conclusion. With the, I think the possible exception will be that maybe people leave with a greater sense of um, comedy as a performing art. Yeah, I think okay. would might be maybe one thing that people uh, leave with if they. But but the um, the spirit of the evening is not. Um, the collection of data um, for evaluation. It's the, the, the conceit is that kind of <clears throat> challenge uh, between the two worlds, but it, it will mostly, I well, think... Well, good luck getting published in the new medicine journal. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Uh, and uh, publish your you know. <laughs> yeah, In fact. Um, so we, uh, we, will be funny, we will be publishing only in like the sort of Stephen Harper, George Bush kind of exactly. non-reality. Yeah. Non-reality-based yeah. science. Yeah. Yeah. Non-evidence-based. Yeah, exactly. More kind of feel. Exactly. Feel. But the money's better. The yeah. money is way it's better. Way better. That, that's yeah, it's funny. Defense. In a roundabout way, you just identified something that Stephen Harper has in common with artists. Interesting. Haven't we? Oh. Well, that's something that's on my list. <laughs> yeah. Things to do. <laughs> check, yeah, check that off your list. Um, uh, but in terms of, uh, do you expect uh, one side to do better? I mean, I think maybe if I had to speculate, I would say that the comedians would do better doing acty things. There is that mm. whole thing yeah. of like um, any rapper can act. Right, right, right. Like, but not every actor can. Not rapper. every actor exactly. can rap. Mm-hmm. And when I say every rapper can act, <laughs> it's a scientifically me, proven. Let, act. Me, let me rush to say they can't act as well. As, but I mean, like there was a few years there where right, right. every rapper ended up. Got a kick up, at the can. Yeah, yeah. he mm. got like LL Cool J was in a few. Right, he was probably one well, of the better series, ones. Too. Yeah, he had a series in, in the house. Yeah. The, I think, I was, think it? I think it was the, not, and not the, I think it was the, and he owned a gym. 
Oh, yeah. see? <laughs> yeah. So he really branched out yeah. from muscle man rapper yeah. to <laughs> yeah. muscle man family man. Yeah. Um, Fresh Prince, uh, mm, yes, Will Smith. Yes. That's not any formulation of his name, but he... That's um, So anyway, this is really, we're yeah. chasing the tangent. <laughs> no, no, I want to go into right this further. I want to list. So I think there is a certain sense of like, you can kind of bluster your way through acting just with a certain amount of charisma, sure. which I right. think all comedians have. Yes. But I, I think we want to push past that level of just having stage presence totally. and, for instance, challenge comedians to do something which I know is, is very difficult, which would be to um, be completely vulnerable in a non-ironic mm-hmm. right. way, to do something ah. without the cloak of irony, right. yes. um, which is a very uh, meaningful protective shield to a lot of comedians. Mm-hmm. Could that um, perhaps be the, the a, a big difference maybe between... Um, an actor uh, as a species, an actor yes. and, a, and a comedian, is that um, um, that actors, by and large, have to tap into uh, certain rawness and, uh, you know, uh, a painful honesty, let's say, whereas, yeah. uh, whereas comedians almost well, the, in a way do an opposite, right? Like well, the honesty the can be just as painful, um, but there's always a, <clears throat> uh, a layer of... Uh, laughter, kind yes. of insulating totally. you from it's anyone getting yeah. at that sort of raw sweet nerve. Spot. Yeah, I call it the sweet spot. <laughs> sweet spot. In acting terms, the sweet spot. Uh, well, you're not touching the sweet spot. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, scene. but like when I did the last time uh, you and I yeah. spoke mm-hmm. around the um, project uh, that I was involved with last spring, that community dinner. Yeah. Um, you know, that was with uh, theater folk, and mm-hmm. I was the only comedian Yeah, and we were talking and about... Not that I was the only funny person involved in that, but I was the only sort of comedian by trade, and right. everyone else was yeah. sort of theater people. And um, anyway, you know, we'd be doing, like, just warm-ups, mm-hmm. and I would feel like... Uh, <laughs> You know, we'd be doing a warm-up, and I'd be kind of looking to the rest of the class, you know. (laughs) While they're doing, like, downward dog and doing the alphabets. Yeah, to, like, make fun of Teach. And and they're, like, they're all super into Into it. it. And you realize, like, oh, I'm the one who's, uh, I'm being a child. Like, I can't, um, I can't uh, do the, like, the... Move your arms and yep, and, and they feel do your voice. Yes, thank you for describing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because otherwise it's just nonsense. Your ghoul voice. That's how actors want to catch you up. I was in a Halloween production of Monster Man. <laughs> yeah, there are only Halloween productions of Monster Man. Okay, We're doing a Valentine's. Day. No, that was as a Simpsons joke. I just did a we both full-on did. Simpsons yeah, joke. Did. Sorry, I was, I was part of it. Sorry, Matt. You uh, have to pay them now. Thanks a lot. Yeah, there goes our budget. And that's Ryan Beale and Charlie Demers. I sound really <laughs> loud. Budget. That was a good one. What? We don't have a budget. Yeah, that was my little joke. It's a good one. Um, yes, they are. They were on the show, or they are on the show right now, to talk about Making Art Noises, which is a show coming to uh, Club Push tonight, Wednesday, February the 1st at 8 p.m. at Performance Works. Is that Performance Works? Of course it is. That's where Club Push is, and it's, this is a 19-plus show. We actually have much more from that interview, where apparently they were having a lot of fun in yeah, that recording. Yeah, I'm really, I think what everyone really needs to understand is Adam's a giggler, and I think we all know that now. It's a giggler, guys. It's not about me, Megan. Okay. <laughs> all right, uh, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> I feel bad. I didn't mean that in a scolding way. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> just joking. It is about me. You're right. It is about me. So we'll take a quick break uh, while I stare at myself in the mirror. And when we come back, uh, we'll have part two of, of my interview with Ryan Beal and Charlie Demers, where... Uh, we where Ryan talks about um, his experience in productions where he he you know where you as an actor have to become extremely vulnerable and he has done that by getting completely into the nude. So we'll talk about that. Hot. When we come back. Tune in to the tenth annual homelessness marathon, a fourteen-hour cross Canada live broadcast on housing and homeless issues. Housing is a right. There's no excuse why there should be. Uh homelessness and there's no excuse why people should be going hungry in the city of Montreal. The Homelessness Marathon will be broadcast on over 30 campus community radio stations across Canada. Tune in to your local station from sundown to sunup from February 22nd to the 23rd, 2012. Or go to ckut.ca slash homeless to listen online. For more information or to participate, Contact marathon at ckut.ca. I'm here to uh, to make it known that uh, all peoples, especially the street peoples and the homeless peoples, have a right to uh, mass media and do have a right to say whatever they feel is right to get themselves into uh, better living conditions. And we are back on the Earth Report here on CITR 101.9 FM. And we're streaming online at citr.ca. A, my name is Adam Yanish, and uh, we're on every Wednesday at 5 p.m., and we celebrate um, the arts and culture scene here in Vancouver. Um, Megan Thomas is here. Hi. Hello. Wow. That's an interesting way of saying hello. And, uh, all <laughs> right, no comment from you on that. And uh, we uh, have been speaking to Ryan Beale and Charlie Demers, Charles Demers, officially. And the two of them are putting on a very exciting little little ditty uh, at Club Push tonight. You should add a third diminutive phrase in there just to really... <laughs> Hammer s- the yeah, point home. Exactly. Do you think it was insulting? A little bit. This tiny little show. A little baby of a show. They're putting <laughs> it's called the Art Noises. director, lady and gentleman. It is called Making Art Noises, and I'm sure it's huge. It's not diminutive at all. It's so big. It's... <laughs> The show. The show is going to be really The show is going impressive. to be big. It's happening tonight, February 1st at 8 p.m. at Performance Works down on Granville Island. It is Everything. a 19-plus show, Megan. 19-plus. And uh, so in our interview, uh, in this uh, second half of our interview, we uh, talked about um, getting naked on stage. Plain and simple. Yeah, my comments were totally inappropriate. When referring I, to getting naked on stage, not apropos of anything. Mm-hmm. Are you hoping Ryan will get naked again tonight? If I say yes, it's weird, but if I say no, it's insulting, so I'm just going to yeah. leave the room. Slam. All right, and while you do that, uh, we will play the second half of the interview, which uh, begins with me asking uh, Ryan about his uh, perspective of the differences between uh, acting and uh, comedy. Um, but Ryan, you're you're, you're interestingly uh, placed because you do improv and then yeah. you do um, high art. So do you want to just elaborate on that point? Is that is that true? Is that a fair characterization of the difference? Yeah, I mean, I I, I would tend to agree with Charlie as far as the the um, like when I when I'm doing a comedy show, there is that, like, I have that, you know, that nothing can hurt me, you mm-hmm. know, mentality. Uh, it's like a wearing a mask. Yeah, wearing a mask, like totally. Mask and, you know, when I'm 
when I'm doing a high art thing, you know, my, I'm, I'm concentrating on, on, on the story, uh, 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 number one, and, 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 and trying to, you know, reveal the, the most of myself uh, possible uh, is what I was trained to do. I don't know and what he has to go uh, door to door when he moves to a new neighborhood. Right. To tell people that he, <laughs> right. what he's done is exposed exactly. as much of himself as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll do it, yeah. But it is like uh, one of the... <laughs> Wait a minute, but, but actually now that you're on that topic, you were in a show... Um, what was that one called? Uh, this is, escapes me. The one at the Playhouse uh, that included some some nudity. Um, oh, I did uh, Studies in Motion. Studies in Motion. Didn't do it at the Playhouse, but I did it when it premiered at UBC. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so, but I was still naked. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. So literally, as I an have actor, been. I've done. I've done. That's shows. the second naked show I've ever. Done. Second naked yeah, show. That was so the you naked quite show. enjoy being naked on stage. It's pretty powerful, actually. Like wow. at first, I was terrified, but uh, then it's like, what? You're not naked, you know, to the people that aren't. What? Take off your clothes, you know. Sorry, say again. Oh, you're not naked. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're like you're I'm the bully. ballsier yeah, than yeah, exactly. yeah. You're ballsier. Well, you're ball- literally <laughs> and figuratively. Yes, than exactly. That. Well, and this is the thing about like um, the either empowerment or um, terror of these sort of twin moments, right? Because because we were tar- we've been working with uh, we've we've put together a really amazing team for mm-hmm. for this show. Yeah. It's um, David Bloom and Adrian Wong and Andrew McNee and Ivan Decker and Chris Casillan. And uh, it was just it was the, it was the list that we in, came up with of like if we could get anybody who we do and and so this is what happened <clears throat> and um, uh, David Bloom in one of the early sort of uh, rehearsals when we were sort of talking about these ideas he talked about um, mask work and how mm-hmm. the two reactions to mask work is people either feel like they put on a mask they feel super vulnerable like it's mm, terrifying right, to them right. really. Or they feel like I can do anything. I'm because safe I have this inside mask. this mask. Yes. And comedy, uh, setting out to make people laugh, is one of those things. Like for me, it's always been a, a means by which I can disarm situations. Mm-hmm. It's a means by which I can hide and, and yeah. um, hide in plain sight. Um, for other people, the moment you go out to try and make someone laugh. Um, that is the most vulnerable thing Place that you can do. Yes, so the sure. idea of like putting yourself at the mercy of an audience um, right. uh, that has to find you funny, yeah, yeah. Um, and and will laugh. Like you can't fake a polite response to humor. Right. Like you either laugh right. or you don't. Honest, yeah. So people find sure. it either terrifying or they find it um, <clears throat> or they find it really liberating. I mean, for some mm-hmm. people, it's the easiest thing in the world to go up and talk to you know 150, 200 people mm-hmm. about you know. Uh, your most intimate uh, details and anecdotes yeah. and problems, um, because the the flip side of that is to ha- have a one on one conversation with a human <laughs> right, being right. about those things, which Ooh. is the really kind of the really terrifying thing. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> it's interesting because for some of for some of our performers, what's going to be scary for them is going out on stage for the first time and not trying to get laughs. Right. Uh, whereas for others. It's going to be going out and trying to be funny. Trying to get laughs, um, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's that you know it's that uh, it's that what you call it the switcheroo yeah. is the, uh, <laughs> the old switcheroo. Yeah. Yeah. Family man wishes he was single. Single yeah. guy wishes he was family man. <laughs> Boom. Put him together. Granted, and uh, yeah, it was all at the end. And yeah, uh, it's the movie. You got yeah. a movie. Everybody goes home <laughs> happy. Yeah. Boom. Boy, those three had a lot of fun, didn't they? It sounds like it. Yeah. It must be real hell doing levels with comedians. It's hard. They keep bouncing around, literally bouncing around, mm-hmm. and then the yeah, their voice goes up and down. And they make you laugh. Yeah, they make or you in laugh. your case, giggle. 
What's <laughs> so I giggle. It's a thing that That's I do. That's fine. I'm a giggle right? too. I'm just saying. It's Jeez. Fantastic. This persecution will not stand. Um, all right. That was Ryan Beale and Charlie Demers. Oh, thanks, guys. And the two of them. Thank you to the both of you guys for coming down. Suddenly I'm speaking directly to them on here. <laughs> um, it was great. Um, I hope you found the, the way out of our lounge. Um, anyway, um, that show is on tonight. Making Art Noises. It's coming to Club Push, which is a cabaret-style uh, s- um, celebration of... We've spoken of it on the show before. Yeah, of different like um, art forms. Outside of the, the regular style of just seeing uh, theatrical performances, you can hang out, have drinks, and laugh, and participate. Does that mean we get to play the song again? Oh, yes. I'm really excited. And that ends our push coverage. Yeah, that was a bit gratuitous because I still had to say a few things, such as that... We can uh, play it again. (laughs) That Making Art Noises is on tonight at 8 p.m. at Club Push-Up Performance Works. It is 19+. plus. That's 1218 Cartwright Street on Granville Island. Tickets to that are $24. And uh, I think by now they're probably only available at the door. Uh, So check it out. All right, well, that officially ends our push coverage. See, that's gratuitous. All right, so we will be taking a break in a moment, and then Megan will have uh, some exciting content for us. But first, I did want to throw it out to you listeners to call in. And don't worry, I won't put you on air uh, like the last caller. Um, Call in, and we will give you a pair of tickets to see The Little Traitor. Another pair of tickets? Yes. Nice. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure you're not promising the same pair of tickets to multiple people. This is why you're here, Megan. I know. But don't worry. We have more than one pair of tickets to give away. And uh, this is happening at the Ridge Theater, and it's happening from February the 3rd until the 9th. And these tickets are actually open. So this pair of tickets is a free pair of passes to any uh, time in that space, excluding Saturday and Sunday. Ugh. But still, that's pretty still good. Still pretty deal. good. That's still pretty good. It makes it sound like, ah, well, that's not worth it. It is worth it. It's definitely still worth Guys. it. Guys. Uh, and that's happening at the Ridge Theatre on Arbutus Street. So, yeah. So uh, while we're in break, you can give us a call. And the number here, oh, my God, where's the phone number? Uh, 822. <laughs> they moved it. Uh, 604-822-2487. Yeah, that's 604-UBC. Unit. No, CITR. Unit is the fundraising number. Oh, well, you could give us money. If you wanted to, right? Anyway, so that's 604-822-2487 for a pair of passes to see The Little Traitor, which is a film about um, the friendship between a British soldier and a young Jewish boy living in Palestine under the British mandate right before Israel becomes a state. That sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, give us a call. Uh, and when we return after this break, we will talk to you, Megan, about uh, Sad Mag's Valentine special. It's going to be awesome. So stay with us on the Arts Report. Hi. This just in, Tuesday nights at 11 o'clock, CITR 101.9 FM presents Radio. Join host Teddy Smooth as he explores the chimerical, the hysterical, the phantasmagorical world of burlesque and cabaret. Tuesday nights at 11 o'clock, CITR 101.9 FM brings you Cabaradio.
Yes. Bravo. <laughs> yes, indeed. This is going to make your world a lot different than the one I grew up in. You know what? C-I-T-R. Yeah? Sure, it's over there. And over there is where that sound is coming from. Right, Mr. Marconi? Through the air, across the ocean, the first time ever. There we are. And we're back on the Arts Report here on COTR 11.9 FM in Vancouver. We're also available in podcast form by going to CITR.ca and following the, following the links from shows, podcasts, and then under A for Arts Report, or by simply going to iTunes and typing in the Arts Report, and you will find it there. And you can catch up on some of our great push interviews that we did in the previous weeks. All right, awkward pause there, and now we move... I'm not your monkey, Adam. Come on. What? I dance for you. <laughs> you make it sound like I looked to you at that moment and you went, ha- dance, monkey, quietly with my eyes. I it went, was implied. It was implied in, in my face, but I, I swear to your listener, I did not do that. Who do you believe? Uh, Megan, you have uh, something to tell us. About Sad Mag's uh, Valentine's special. Yes, I do. So, uh, we have a really cool event coming up next week, Thursday, February 9th. will be the Sad Mag Comedy Show at the Cobalt. Only $10. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun comedy. It's going to be some dance. Uh, you know, it's going to be a fun time. It's fundraiser for Sad Mag, uh, which is a great local institution. And they're going to be doing their spring issue soon. Um, and I caught up with Caitlin Howden. Now, she's going to be hosting the evening. Uh, a very accomplished comedian. And also a member of the Sunday Service. Yes, she has. Uh, she's just started to do shows with them. Uh, and she uh, is a regular... Well, you know what? She's going to tell you tons of stuff okay. about this. You don't want to um, spoil it. Yeah, it's actually a shortened version of a longer interview because she is a doll. And so we talked for a while, so that will be up uh, online sooner rather than later. Um, but for now, we are going to get a little taste of, uh, you know, how she got into comedy and her kind of journey, which is really interesting for anyone who is, um, you know, trying to get into that from themselves and how she has liked Vancouver. And then we'll talk a little bit about what you can expect from Caitlin Howden at the Sad Mag Show. And it is racy. Ooh. Yeah. So let's start a little bit about how she got into comedy and uh, what she's done since then. I started doing improv in high school. Uh, I, uh, I started uh, working with this group of people that became my best friends, uh, and it's a sketch improv juggernaut called Uncalled For. And we're based out of Montreal. And we started doing uh, improv comedy uh, when we were in high school, and then in Cégep, which is like the Quebec equ- equivalent of like grade 12 and 13. So these guys and I, uh, Uncalled For, we bought like a mini school bus, spray painted it black, and took it across Canada for two summers in a row and did the fringe circuits. Fantastic. And uh, we got the cops crew, which is this graffiti tag crew in Montreal, to like spray our spray paint our bus and to tag it all cool and like. Uh, and it was then that I realized that like this is the best thing you could do with your life, which is just keep creating and making improv. Which is, I, I think you know, improvisation is more. Uh, it's not exactly just one thing. It's a it's a way in which you do it. And so I do improv comedy. I also do like improvised theater, mm-hmm. which is uh, also really a, a cool thing that's happening. And so I, I did. I did that in Montreal, and then I moved to Toronto uh, for theater school. And I went and I studied theater at Ryerson. And I went there because I heard that all the staff from NTS was moving to Ryerson and starting their own kind of conservatory-style theater school. 
but you also got a BFA with it. So I went to Ryerson and I studied with all these teachers where it was all very serious and there was all these competitions on like, who can cry best? And then I was in, I was in Toronto and I went to theatre school for four years and then when I was done theatre school I, I, don't, I didn't know what to do and I, and I only wanted to do improv and I only wanted to do improv, that's all I ever wanted to do. And so I started producing my own shows in Toronto. And I produced, um, I produced shows uh, at the Diesel Playhouse, which is now a condo. And then I, I produced a show called Ghost Jail for four years at Clinton's Tavern in Toronto. And that ran for four years every Sunday night. And it was amazing. Uh, it was a group of friends who wanted to create a community, who wanted to feel like, we want to put on a comedy show that doesn't make fun of the audience for coming to a show. And we actually are really appreciative. We want to create a community. And, uh, and we did that for four years, and, and the improv scene in Toronto was amazing, and, and it's so loving, and it's so supportive, and people, people are really good to each other out there. And so that was a great place to, to grow and to expand, but, but I, I panicked, because I was like, well, I can't do this forever, right? Like, I'm not making any money doing this. In fact, I'm just losing money doing it. Uh, All so, the best art loses money. It really does. <laughs> it's so bizarre. So then I became a flight attendant. A natural... A natural progression. In my mind, I was like, this is perfect. I'll fly during the day, and then I'll do comedy at night. And I was always worried, for some reason, that I was going to get busted. Like, I was pulling some sort of con by being a flight attendant. I was in my, like, three-inch heels and my pillbox hat, and I was just getting... I was cleaning up the galley, as we say in flight attendant world. That's where we go to hide and talk about the passengers. And, uh, and I got a phone call. Uh, we weren't flying, obviously. We are on land. And I got a phone call from the second city. And, uh, and I, I kind of freaked out because I had, I had auditioned for them, um, like a month ago, but I, you know, it was my first audition with them. I, they had never seen me before. I hadn't taken any classes at the Second City. And I just figured that this audition was more just like a, hey, get to know me kind of thing. I'll audition for you again soon. I had a goal that by the time I turned 30, I wanted to work at the Second City. I wanted to be on the stage there. I wanted to do it like the most amazing comedians have done, which was get their start on a, on a stage doing live comedy every single night for like 200 plus people. And you got paid for it. So the next day I quit being a flight attendant. And I was like, sorry, I gotta do this. And, uh, and I started doing the National Touring Company. And it meant that we would do, like, we did a show every Monday night when the main stage cast was off. So we would do a show on the Monday night. But then we also toured around and did like shows at like a kid's bar mitzvah or like did a did a run at like a at this place called Wasaga Beach, uh, where like, or we did like retirement home shows, like weird, weird shows for people who uh, were like, what? Oh, you, it's like the whose line is it anyways, right? And we're like, yeah, kind of. But we also did sketch. And then uh, three months after doing the touring company, I got called into the office and they said we're going to move you up to main stage. And then I did an even bigger ugly cry uh, because the, I was like, this is this is crazy. How am I? Are you sure? Like, are you sure you want me to do this? This Caitlin. Is there me? another Caitlin? Are you sure? Uh, and then I, uh, I, I went up to main stage and I wrote and uh, um, performed in four main stage shows. Uh, and I got to meet uh, and do improv with, like, Catherine O'Hara and um, Stephen Colbert. And I was very grateful for the work I, I've received. And so you came out to Vancouver to expand your horizons, mm -hmm. or was there a specific something that drew, drew you here? Well, uh, I think it was a bit of both. Uh, I came out for love as well. Uh, my boyfriend's out, out here, and we've been dating long distance for like two and a half years. And he is? 
He's a he's in a band called Hot Panda. His mm-hmm. name's Chris Connolly. Their FCITR favorite. Yes, uh, and they're and they're great, and they're with Mint Records, which is also like a a great Vancouver label. And mm-hmm. after being in Toronto for nine years, I was ready for a change, and this kind of fell into my lap. And I said, yes, sure. I'm very hesitant to say that I was like super gung ho about it because change is so terrifying, mm-hmm. and having to start from scratch in a whole new city where you're like, okay, I gotta like prove myself to all these people again. It's really, it's hard on your ego. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that thing of like, I have to like, I have to be humbled by the fact that people don't know who I am and they don't care who I am. And as far as I'm, they're concerned. Well, that's, that's a good thing about the improv community too, right? It's, it's this thing of like, oh, everyone heard that I was coming out to Vancouver. So they sent out emails to all their friends, like people in Toronto, people all around being like, Caitlin's coming. She's a great friend of ours. Put her on your show. So I'm now on the main stage at VTSL. Mm-hmm. I'm doing uh, those shows there. And and it's the Vancouver Theater Sports Vancouver League, Sports. Uh, based out of Granville Island. That's right. And we do shows, uh, you know, I think it's f- five nights a week. And I'm doing sh- sometimes th- three shows a night on, like, Friday and Saturday nights. And it's it's theater sports, and it's super fun, and it's it's great. And uh, and then I'm doing Sunday service now with those guys. I, I did the show last night. I think I'm going to be doing some more shows with them as well. Uh, and that show that I used to produce in Toronto called Ghost Jail is now out here in Vancouver. And you, I know, where are you guys holding? Yeah, we're doing, right now we're doing a bit at the East Van Comedy at Havana's. Right. And we did a show at China Cloud this past Friday. Is that with Caitlin Fontana? It is, yeah. Know? Caitlin Fontana, Alistair Cook, uh, Christine Borderland, Tegan Verhul, Devin McKenzie, myself, and Ian Rowe. And it's been great. So the improv in Vancouver is very different. Um, it's different in every city, though. It's different in Montreal than Toronto, Toronto to Vancouver. But I've also toured across Canada and North America, and I've taught in like in Poland, and it's different everywhere because it's all you know it's all based on who these performers are. So, in the same way that people are different in Vancouver, the improv is going to be different in Vancouver because it's all so personal. But it's been lovely. It's been exciting to see a scene that I I don't know, and I, I have to I have to learn it, and I'm going to different people's shows and. And, and everyone has their own uh, language for improv, too, so it's learning a different language again. So at this point in the interview, Caitlin starts choking quite a bit, uh, and there was a really funny recovery, but for the sake of expediency, what we're going to do is move on to talk about her next upcoming show, which is the Sad Mag Comedy Show Valentine Edition on Thursday, February 9th at the Cobalt. Doors at 8, show at 9, dance party at 11, Kissing booth, crying booth, photo booth, 10 bucks. And uh, she's going to be hosting it. It'll be featuring Pantsuits, Dylan Reimer, Emmett Hall, Ivan Decker, and DJ Jeff Leopard and DJ Robo Santa for the dance party. Well, let's hear what uh, Caitlin has to say about it. Yeah, I'm going to have maybe a lot of costume changes. I'm thinking because it's going to be a, a, like a, a Valentine's themed show, I'm going to try and like hit on as many people as possible. I might just try and get as many people's numbers as possible. Mm-hmm. I will not be inviting my boyfriend to the show, mm-hmm. so I'm going to be real. I'm, I'm going to kind of slut it up, maybe. Nice. I'm going to try and hit on a lot of people. <clears throat> I'll get people to tell me what their favorite parts about my body are. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of. Maybe it'll just be about me. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, the subtitle is is the Caitlin Houghton outer. That's what I thought. I'm going to plan a slideshow, maybe Probably. even a dance routine. Nice. I took dance in theater school, and my dance teacher told me, Caitlin, you are a dancer from the ankle down, but from the ankle up, you're an eater. Megan, take it away. Ending on a joke. 
any kind of joke. See, there's lots of funnier jokes. Uh, <laughs> not funnier than that. I mean, that's pretty good. But there's tons of funny jokes uh, all through that interview. And uh, we will throw up the, uh, you know, the full. She, she gives a lot more shout outs. Um, shows a lot of love to the Vancouver improv community. Names a lot she, of names. She's so. done a lot of cool stuff. Yes. And uh, we were very talking talented. about, she's very obviously comfortable and, you know, proud of her achievements and can get them out there. So she should give lessons on. She should give lessons on um, being able to talk about yourself in a way that doesn't seem like uh, rude. She's a pro, man. Like, Um, come on. She's professional. Yeah. People, you got to be able to talk about the things that you do and just uh, be honest about the things that you do. And if you're a little bit proud, don't hide it. You earned it. Especially in comedy. So hard. It's such a hard area. Yeah. So she's going to be hosting the Sad Mag Comedy Show, Valentine's Edition, next Thursday, February Mm -hmm. 10th. Uh, doors at eight, I and it's only ten bucks, and it's like there's comedy, and then there's gonna be you know a dance party. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's a good pre-date. I mean, Valentine's Day is on a Tuesday this year. That is boldedly. That's right. I said it. So, <laughs> I believe you said boldedly on it. No air. more or less than Valentine's itself. But this is gonna be fun. Um, and uh, definitely check out the rest of the interview online. Great. Thanks, Megan. Thank you, and thanks to Caitlin. She's a nice lady. Liked her a lot. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the Museum of Anthropology and the many exciting events that they are putting on in the month of February and beyond. So stay with us. Born in Nova Scotia in 1911, mezzo-soprano Portia White is considered to be one of the greatest concert singers of all time. She took voice lessons at the Halifax Conservatory of Music and began singing on radio broadcasts hosted by her father in the 1930s. She established renown by competing in the Halifax Music Festival, winning the Helen Kennedy Silver Cup on three occasions. Her official debut came at age 30 in Toronto's Eaton Auditorium. She gained acclaim across North America following a performance at Town Hall, New York, setting off a successful tour of Canada and the U.S. She finished her career primarily as a vocal teacher, performing her final concert in Ottawa in July 1967. Next up is a clip from the only official recording of Portia's music, entitled, Where the Roses Never Fade. This PSA was brought to you in support of Black History Month on CITR 101.9 FM. And we're back on the Arts Report here on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. My name is Adam Yanish, and Megan Thomas is here as well. Hello. Megan. And Anna is also here. Anna, you've been quite quiet today. Mm-hmm. Say some things. <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> Nothing some at all. It's good things. radio, folks. If we have a little bit of time at the end of the show, I would like <laughs> to talk about your experience with... Uh, what was the name of that, that show? The missing employee. The missing employee. Apparently, there was a lot missing in that show beyond yeah. the employee. Hey yeah. But hopefully, we'll have a few minutes to talk. You about gotta that have one. a few. You gotta have a, a few. You know, I like to only positively reuse things, but once in a while, things aren't that great, and or missing something. And I think it's important. It makes it's the a learning opportunity that much more positive. Yes, and if, it's a learning opportunity. It's not it about is. being great all the time. It's about learning. It's about moving forward as an artist. And finding those employees. Where are your employees that you can't find them? This is something that HR should look into. That's what I'm assuming this play is about that she's going to talk about. 
Yeah, you know, if they just had HR look into it, this whole they play could have been would, solved. Yeah, a different story. All right. So, uh, but before that, uh, the Museum of Anthropology, right here at UBC, is not just a place to see fabulous artwork. It's also a place to engage and explore concepts through live events. So, I got uh, Taylor Lavallee on the phone from the Museum of Anthropology, and we talked about a play uh, called A Thousand Cranes, written by UBC alum Colin Thomas, and uh, several other exciting events. But first, I asked Taylor to tell me why the museum puts on live events. Um, so yeah, let's start there with, with a little bit of background. Um, how did uh, the Museum of Anthropology uh, get into putting on so much exciting things? Uh, I think the Museum of Anthropology has always tried to have a fairly uh, comprehensive uh, public programming schedule. Um, in the past, I know that our spaces have been significantly smaller, but with the renewal project in 2010, um, it's opened up a lot of space mm -hmm. for um, temporary exhibitions as well as a new revamped theater. So we've just been using the last couple of years to uh, try to fill that and utilize it as much as possible. And what's sort of the, you know, the, the rule to go by or, or, you know, how do you decide what to do in terms of, um, do you try to keep it connected to what's happening to the exhibits in, uh, in, the, in the actual museum, you know? Essentially, um, most of the public programming will have something to do with either the collection, the permanent collection that we house on a regular basis, mm -hmm. or something to do with the temporary exhibition. But we're also open to a very large variety of programming, uh, theater, music, uh, lectures, films, as long as we can find something that it can connect to to the museum, which at the Museum of Anthropology is pretty easy. To yeah, because it's pretty diverse. Exactly. So does that mean that, uh, is, was that an invitation I just heard to uh, arts groups all over <laughs> Vancouver? Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure my boss, the curator of education and public programs, would be so excited <laughs> to hear that. Um, yes and no. I, we're always looking for partners. Yeah. Um, and whether it's hosted here or hosted elsewhere and we just um, are, are partners at, a, at an event away from here, um, off-site, Mm -hmm. um, I know that we're consistently trying to expand our reach and let people know that we're here and welcome and uh, and are doing lots of things. Great, good answer. It's all about collaboration. Collaboration is good. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So let's get into some of the things that are happening in the month of uh, February. Um, let's talk a little bit about 1,000 Cranes. What is that? Sure, 1,000 Cranes is a play. A community member named Tamakabasorn mm -hmm. uh, came to us with the idea of bringing a Japanese theater group to Vancouver to do the 1,000 Cranes play. Um, I believe that they had been doing the play in Japan for quite some time. Um, however, in order to bring it and have it available to a Canadian audience, uh, what they've done is they've also added a storyteller by the name of Nan Gregory. Mm -hmm. So the play that will be shown um, on the Friday and Saturday evening will be a, a slight adaptation of the play that they have in, in Japan. So it's still the full play in Japanese. However, um, there will be some storytelling to sort of... Uh, Supplement. Have, ha complement yeah. and uh, have the story 
be able so that people can follow along with the story essentially. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> if so they don't can, speak Japanese, right? And so we can kind of resonate a bit more with with Vancouver audiences. Exactly, exactly. Now I understand the play is written by Colin Thomas. Is that the same Colin Thomas that uh, writes reviews for the Georgia Strait? I believe so. Yeah, and yet um, the play has been performed in, in Japan in Japanese. Does that mean that Colin Thomas wrote this play in Japanese? Do you know anything about that? You're you're pushing me into territory yeah, that yeah. I am not a hundred percent. I would be curious to find that out because I mean maybe he does speak Japanese, maybe he's you know fluent and writes in it, or it could be you know translated. But in either event, he's he's connected to it, so I think a lot of people might get a kick out of that to um, to be able to see his work. Maybe a little bit of um, a little bit of revenge too, you know, for people who have been uh, burned by his reviews. Oh, so someone <laughs> who he's written about already. Oh no, what have I done to poor Colin Thomas? Um, <laughs> Mind you, he's only- not directly associated with this production, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, some other stuff. Okay, so <laughs> Hiroshima is an uh, exhibition that we've had since October 2011, and the exhibition is by Isiuchi Miyako, who is a famous photographer from Japan. And the photographs uh, are objects from the Peace Museum in Hiroshima, mm-hmm. and they're all objects that have been, I guess, that have survived uh, the... The blast. The blast, yeah. yeah. Okay, and, and this is coming to a close fairly soon. Yes, it closes February 12th. Okay. And there's also, we're running out of time, but I also want to talk a bit about, is it uh, Kesu? Yes, Kisu. Kisu. Um, what is oh, that? first, first, if I can do a quick plug, there Please. is a closing concert uh, for the Hiroshima exhibition, um, and it should be quite a concert indeed. Um, we've collaborated with the um, Canadian Music Center and the Canadian League of Composers Mentorship Program uh, with their Emerging Composers Program, and so what they do is they bring on three emerging composers who have arranged uh, original pieces that will be performed by the Cordelioni's My Voice Choir and the the British Columbia Girls Choir, and that will be happening, um, like I said, on February 12th uh, from 2 to 4, So, and that's free with admission, open to the public, and hmm. uh, it should be a really, really great performance. And a good deal, free with admission. Exactly. Okay, and then Kisu. Uh, Kisu is the next um, exhibition that's opening here at MOA. Um, March 16th will be the public opening from 7 till 9 and the full title is Kesu, The Art and Life of Doug Cramner Okay And for those of us who don't know who is that gentleman? Doug Cramner <laughs> is a uh, quite a well-known Kwakiwak uh, artist who did everything from carving to prints to um, he did a lot <laughs> Yeah, yeah That's great Yeah And that's coming Sorry, what was the date again for that? March 16th March 16th yeah. Great. Um, well, there's a lot. There is quite a lot of things going on. And um, and as we just mentioned, some of it is, is very affordable for people, whether they're UBC students or, or, or not. So well, and of course, UBC faculty and students are always free. Oh, my God. So that's even cheaper. So even cheaper <laughs> for students. So you have no excuse, students. Get out there, right? Exactly. All right. And that is Taylor Lavallee, and uh, she's telling us about events at, at the Museum of Anthropology, and their website is moa.ubc.ca. Dot ca. Dot ca. <laughs> slash events, if you want to be really precise. But if you just go to the moa.ubc.ca slash website... That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I'm leaving. I, I <laughs> if you go to the website, you can click on events, and you will find... Um, 
information on all of the things that uh, that Taylor talked about. One that we didn't quite talk about is called is a film screening called Shining Spirit, and this is a documentary introduced by by a uh, PhD candidate from uh, UBC Anthropology, and focuses on a Tibetan musician who immigrates to Canada and then, using digital technology, makes an a uh, makes a traditional Tibetan music album with his family living back in Tibet. So that sounds like a very interesting thing, and that's happening tomorrow, uh, Thursday, February the 2nd, uh, from 3.30 until 5 p.m. And it is free with a regular admission. And free is actually, uh, this is something I heard that is cheaper than paying money or something. I believe that is that I is think true. that's how it works. Yeah, we'll get I'll some people to, we'll to look that up. We'll research that, mm-hmm. come back to you next week. And, and UBC students and alum get in to the museum completely for free. That's pretty sweet. So they can check out the the things at the museum, the exhibits, but <laughs> they can also see the live events. They can see both for free. That is such a steal of a deal. That is. That really no UBC student or alumnus should um, should miss. Or alumna, which is the feminine. Oh, you are a UBC alumna. SFU. No, you're an SFU alumna. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Um... It might be alumni. Actually, let's just scri- let's just cut this part out of the show. Because like, no, it's I'm not, not sure. live, and we can just cut this part of the show. Yeah, that's how it works, right? That's how radio works. Okay, we're running out of time, but um, uh, Megan, I mean, yes. um, hi. How's it going? To say Anna. Oh. And uh, I, I do want to take. I'm sorry. It's wa- just playing with us. I did. Constantly. I did want to ask you about the show that you saw, uh, Missing Employee. What was it about? Um. Okay, uh, it was about a um, employee. This, no, this prison <laughs> artist, I guess. This is uh, in Lebanon, right? In yeah, Le- from, Lebanon. Uh, yeah, it's from Lebanon, and um, he collected clips, newspaper clips, and information about a missing employee of the Minister of Finance, a Minister of Finance that happened in the nineties in in Beirut, Lebanon. Okay. Just some political scandal. Okay. Thing and he made an hour and a half of a show about it, which isn't bad if you put it like isn't it's not a bad thing. It was nicely done. You had four screens. You wouldn't see him. You would see a projection of him. It was interesting. He was charming. He translated everything. So wait, wait. He translated everything. So the the not the, the show, not the clips, but right. him speaking. It's storytelling. Okay. So, so he's there. He's there. On stage. He walks into the stage, kind of clicks on a projector and then walks towards the back of uh, the audience Mm -hmm. and sits and there's a camera. You know he's sitting back somewhere in the back telling you the story. And there's a projector. So he is being projected on a screen and also he's clippings. We can't see your hands right now, Anna. So you have (laughs) to... I'm making sound effects. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah. So you can see his hands and someone doing some doodles about the whole... So there's multiple projections. There's three screens. So you're sitting in a theater watching three screens. Okay. That do not... And some of it is live? Like some of it he speaks to us? He's speaking to you live, yeah. Okay. And then there's other parts that are recorded? No. Okay. It's just him telling the story about... Oh, I see. This exactly. Okay. Yeah. But is some so, of it in in Arabic? 
the clippings. Everything is originally, but he yeah. translated the whole story into English so we could understand. So is he reading the clippings out or is he just he's describing reading, what's he's in? He's going chronologically. Oh, this is I what see. happened. Someone went missing and then this was the story in the, news page, the newspaper and then this happened the next day and then this happened the next day and then this happened the next okay. day and he's just like going through the whole thing. Okay. And you're So this of, might have been like a better book or play or what in or my movie, opinion then. Yeah. In my opinion something visual arts related not in a theater why so where did they go well not to say go wrong but uh, it, what was lacking in like i for me it was just that it's not entertaining enough for mm-hmm. a person to sit down for an hour and a half because storytelling theater. is coming back in style and i think that's great but you definitely even if it's just someone by themselves on stage can be quite forceful if they're telling a great story and they tell it interestingly but if he's at the back I can understand. I can understand where you're coming from. And yeah, if English exactly. is not his, his first language, exactly. I think a lot those two was combined. lost in trans- a lot of his charm mm-hmm. and his storytelling skills that he, I'm sure, would definitely do very well in Lebanon. Right, like you can tell he has anyway. those skills when he's doing it in uh, Lebanon. Yeah, in- but he had to translate everything into English. And for instance, me as an ESL person, it's harder to be charming. So in there's the three language. stages removed for someone like you from something to English, and then. You, English is a second language for you, so there's there were a lot of barriers for you kind of getting involved with the story, which actually the story itself sounds interesting. The the story is inter- the whole the whole um, project yeah, is very whole. interesting, and it's you know corruption and politics and and lies in the press. Right. Oh, good stuff. It's good, right. good stuff. But, but I just lost think, in translation. In my opinion, it was just it was a good movie. Not meant to be in a theater, and okay. I think it was a lack of putting this in the right space so that it would become more interesting and or you know you can walk in and out of it mm-hmm. because it, it just goes on and on and on and you kind of get the point but then you're waiting for something really big to happen and it never happens and uh, yeah so it was narrative not as easy as it looks because exactly. <laughs> it looks so don't do it easy. in a theater well when it's done when something's done well it's it looks easy. Yeah, it, it seems, looks really yeah, easy. Yeah, that's the trick, is to make it look effortless. And it was yeah. completely planned. Like, there's three screens, and there's the idea of someone doodling <laughs> the whole event, and mm-hmm. there's the idea of looking at the clippings, and he has all these notebooks, and then you're looking at him, too, but mm-hmm. he's behind... Like, there's obviously... A lot of creative techniques. A, yeah, but it, I think it's just... It should be in an art gallery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alright, cool. Or, well, uh, thanks. That would be a type cool. of performance, not in a theater. Thank but, you for yeah. that. Thanks, Anna. Push experience, yes. We have quickly run out of time, and we are now um, into Anna's show. Um, oh, yeah. But it's your fault, because you were talking. Yeah, now it's me talking. It's a good yeah. segue, it's okay, though. though. But before we go, I just want to throw out a quick plug to a film that's happening at uh, a film screening that's happening on the UBC campus, and this is a film called Father's Day. And uh, it's by a MFA film production student, Matt Kennedy, and his Winnipeg Film Company, uh, Good Astron job, Matt. 6, yes, uh, it's a horror flick called Father's Day, and it is making the rounds in festivals and is starting its... Um, what are you talking here? Slasher, suspense, gore, monster? I, be- I believe a slasher nice. type deal, type situation. And um, so check it out. There's a screening on Monday, February the 6th at 7.30 p.m., and uh, let's see, what else can I tell you? Um, let's I put that Push a... It song back on. No, 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 that's not. Oh, that's, not okay. that's not. We have to wrap up. <laughs> uh, right. So there's a free screening. And the website you can go to is the... It's thefathersdaymovie.com. Okay. 
Nice. So check it out, Megan. I will. All right, that is all for Megan, me, and uh, but not Anna. for Anna. But oh. not for Anna because she'll be back with Discord or Radio uh, as soon as I stop talking. So uh, this has been uh, the Arts Report. Uh, thanks for listening, and join us again next Wednesday. Bye bye. Hot. Bye.